Hello, Jackrabbits. It's Matt Tollefson here with Jackrabbit Illustrated, and I'm joined by Kyle Sheehan. This is, our, this is our second, uh, second episode with this crew. Uh, you guys heard the B-Squad earlier this week, uh, or last week, with Ben and Brendan. Um, so this week, we're looking at the defense, and we're also going to preview uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, which are coming up here on Thursday. So, uh, Kyle... How's your week been going? It's going well. Getting excited. Uh, starting to get the, the butterflies in the stomach, just like I uh, used to get back in the day. But I'm, I'm sure all the, all the rest of the Jackrabbit faithful feel, feel similar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I just turned on the TV a little while ago and Youngstown State and Samford are playing. So um, that's pretty cool to see FCS football on ESPN right now. So uh Missouri Valley's taking care of business so far, so we'll see if they can keep it up and get a win for the conference. Absolutely. So, like I said, last week we, we really took a deep dive into the offense, uh, and this week we're going we're gonna to dive into the defense. Uh, first thing to, to note, you know, with the defense, two new coordinators this year. Uh, Clint Smith left for an opportunity, opportunity at Abilene Christian uh, down in Texas, and Jimmy Rogers and Brian Bergstrom were promoted um, into a co-defensive coordinator role. Uh, everything we're hearing from the media, from the coaches themselves, from the players, is that this defense is going to be a bit more aggressive um, and, and look to get at the passer a little bit more, create some turnovers, some sacks, uh, some negative yardage plays. So that seems to be what we're hearing. Kyle, any thoughts on that uh, shift? Yeah, I think, you know, we kind of want to assert our influence a bit more instead of allowing the offense to come to us. I, I like I like the notion to dictate the game um, and kind of, you know, flex your muscles, if you will. Um, I, I know in the past, uh, I really I liked a lot of a lot of things that Coach Brown did. Uh, he was a D coordinator when I was there as well. Um, but just from a philo- philosophical standpoint, I'm more of a, a penetration guy from the from the defensive front standpoint, I like when D lineman can get penetration and really disrupt the play before it gets going. Um, I think it keeps the offensive lineman on their heels. Um, but the f- philosophy under Coach Brown, uh, Coach Brown was um, basically reading hats. And when you read hats, uh, in a lot of senses, you basically nullify your your front four um, in an effort to allow the, the backers to free flow and play a little bit more speed downhill. Um, so that's, that's all well and good, but I think, uh, you know, if we heat them up a bit more throughout the year, get creative with some of our schemes and uh, stunts across the front line, as well as some blitzing, I think that that's only going to spare our secondary, which is a bit green right now. Obviously there's some, some question marks. Uh, we'll get into that um, as far as how they're going to adapt and adjust uh, getting a lot more reps than they have in the past. So uh, I'm excited to see uh, what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited too. Uh, you know, just, it's, it's so interesting because you couldn't find two more opposite coaches on the coaching staff to be co-defensive coordinators. Um, but so far all reports are that it's been really good. So yeah, uh, excited, excited to see it on Thursday. Me too. And to that point real quick is just, you know, if you look at in football and in business, you want someone, if you're going to share co-coordinator responsibilities, you want to compliment, not a duplicate scenario. So uh, from a personality standpoint, uh, I like that. And if you look at, you know, in businesses that are successful across the country, you have the, the person that drives the business and then you have more of the operator, the person looking at the systems and the schemes and things like that. 
should be exciting and, and I, I like what we got going. Sure. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Uh, we're going to start up front right in the trenches uh, with the defensive line. Uh, SDSU, very unique situation. Uh, they return every snap that was played last year from the defensive line position or from the defensive line group. Uh, it's just kind of unheard of in college football, you know, just cause it's a, it's a place of where you come, you, you know, you red shirt typically, you know, you play a little bit on special teams, then you start to elevate and get more playing time. Uh, but SDSU bringing back every snap along the defensive line. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a nod to a lot of the youth getting their bodies ready to be able to see the field early. Um, unfortunately, that also, in a lot of cases, means we had some guys go down, um, which we'll get into. But definitely excited that we've got a, a lot of experience and a lot of, um, a lot of room to grow to find that ceiling. You know, Brendan touched on it, and don't let him fool you, calling themselves a B squad. That's, that's, that's silly. But uh, <laughs> so go ahead and give those guys a listen because they got a lot of really, really good um, – overall insight on FCS and all things Jacks as well. But one of Brendan's points was one of the kind of one of the, the big, I guess, lingering question marks. It is always, it's always been the X factor is can the Jacks get home and get home? Just meaning, can we get a, a rush with the front four of the defensive line? Um, our sack totals have got to jump up. I'm confident that they will, um, but, but they've got to jump up. And once you get into, you know, Missouri Valley play and into the FCS playoffs, um, you need to be able to get home with your front four. And I think that's what separates championships from, you know, contenders. Yep. And a guy that has led the Jacks the last couple of years uh, in sacks is Ryan Arith. Um, he's back now as a senior, uh, 6'4", 260, so really good size. He's, he's bulked up a little bit this year. Um, Ryan can do some really good things. He plays the run well, um, and he's been the only real consistent person the last few years that's been able to generate some pressure. Um, and I really looked this year, um, he played a little bit last year. I really enjoyed the snaps that he did get, but it was Reese Winkleman. He's a sophomore from Marshall, Minnesota. Uh, and I really think he's going to have a big year. He was one of my five impact players or my Im defensive impact players that I recognized, um, from that position. Yeah. You know, he did some really nice things, uh, he, as a redshirt freshman, being able to get himself ready. Um, to see the field, to see action, playing in 12 or 13 games, um, getting the start in the Beef Bowl at Arkansas Pine Bluff, where we just shellacked those guys and gave them a little taste of what FCS football is about. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, when, when you talk sacks and you talk the front, the front four, whoever it is, just from a philosophical standpoint, I've always operated on like three S's, right? So you're going to get sacks from scheme. You're going to get sacks from skill, and then you're just going to get sacks from savagery, just pure effort. And a lot of, a, a lot of the heritage of Jackrabbit D lineman has been from that last S, the savagery, just never giving up on a play. You know, mm. pl I've played with a lot of really good defensive linemen from Danny Batten to Eric Schroeder to Mitch Pontrelli to, you know, just studs all the way down the line. And I think Aerith, has uh, a leg up on on some of those guys because he does have pretty good skill he can dip and rip he can get real good extension he has a good first uh first jump off the line of scrimmage so i really want to see what he does and in generally speaking when you have a guy that brings skill like that and also adds that effort mix in a little scheme with some blitzes and stuff like that and you know we could we could uh shake some things up yeah absolutely so you know we've talked about uh ryan earth um uh, 
and and Reese Winkleman, um, but two guys that also have played a ton of snaps in their Jackrabbit careers. Uh, number 34, Austin Smenda, and then 66, Elijah Wilson. So Smenda started for most of the last two years. Uh, he's from Florida, you know, a really solid run defender. Uh, whenever I talked to Coach Brown in the past, uh, he always was really quick to uh, commend Smenda on, on his run stuffing ability. Uh, you know, Elijah Wilson is that kid that came to campus a uh, number of years ago. Now it feels like uh, he's now a junior and he was super highly regarded, but he's just really battled injuries in his time at SDSU. So, you know, I, I don't know what, how his body is holding up still. Um, but, but he's someone that's providing excellent depth at defensive end at this point. Yeah, and at this level, you know, you can never have too much depth, especially across the, the defensive and offensive lines. I think that when you when you look at Smenda, you know, last year, kind of one of those games that just was a, a head-scratcher for the Jacks who we were heavily depleted was that Northern Iowa game. Yeah. He did some nice things. You know, he had four tackles, one-and-a-half tackles for loss. Um, you know, he did some really nice things. I, I've seen him make some, some big-time sacks in moments that, that needed to happen. Um, you know, hopefully he can turn it up a notch this year. Uh, hopefully he's added a little bit more, a little bit more speed off the line. Um, being a Florida guy, I know that's in him. So I'm sure he'll, he'll uh, dial that in. Yeah. Uh, and then just a couple, couple other guys that are a little bit lower on the depth chart, but I think have a real shot to contribute this year. Um, Tolu, Ogunrindi, yep. um, you know, converted running back. He's up to 265 now, 6'1", 265. Uh, pound for pound, one of the strongest guys on the team. You know, you look at the spring semester, the the speed and uh, strength competition, the strength and conditioning competitions. Uh, Tolu's name was on most of those lists. Um, he just is a is a very gifted athlete. Just as it's taken a little bit to figure out uh, the technician side of playing defensive end. Yeah, there's there's a ton of technique involved in in defense. Don't let any of the offensive guys fool you when they when they trash talk to defensive players, especially across the line. Um, one of the things that I really like about Tolu is his movement quality. So I've talked a lot about movement quality on the previous podcast. Just kind of want to shed some light on what I mean by that. Good knee bend when they move, when they show a burst, uh, it's pretty fluid. Um, they're able to get in and out of cuts, out of breaks. Um, and from a defensive standpoint, they have good knee bend and can lean in and create extension uh, on the offensive linemen um, as they're engaging. And one of the things I like about Tolu is because he has that burst from his years playing running back, we need to be able to, to get to the edge quick. And I think that that's going to stress a lot of these offensive tackles, you know, as we progress deeper into the game and he's starting to get some reps against some tired, uh, tired hogs there. Absolutely. Uh, the last two players that I want to talk about are new to the roster. Uh, Jason Eubank, he's, he uh, was the kind of the late signing this year. Uh, from Nassau Community College, uh, put up really nice a nice year last year uh, at the community college, and he's a player who challenged himself. He didn't have any huge offers coming out of school or high school, so he went the the community college route just to try to put some good film out there, try to get noticed by a bigger program, and he ended up with the Jacks this summer. But watching his tape, he's a player with some juice, so we'll see how he adjusts to. Missouri Valley play, but he could be an X factor this year that uh, really isn't on folks' radar. Yeah, you know, that's always nice to hear. And then also coming up there from, from Nassau, that's, that's up in the Northeast. Uh, he's, 
comes from Pittsburgh, so he's going to have some grit. He's going to be able to, uh, you know, hunker down, uh, as they say, when, when the winter seasons come. And so that shouldn't phase him too much. So that's, that's going to be a good uh, addition. Absolutely. And the final player, uh, freshman Quentin Hicks from Kansas, uh, middle linebacker. He came to SDSU's camp uh, in 2018 as a middle linebacker. Coaches talked to him and said, hey, how about you try defensive end? That's kind of where we see you. Uh, I was at this camp watching, and he was unblockable. And it was his very first time ever playing with his hand in the ground as a defensive end. Uh, his senior year, they, his high school team shifted him to outside linebacker so he could get a little bit of that edge feel. Uh, still had nine and a half uh, sacks, over 100 tackles as a senior in high school playing from an outside linebacker position. Uh, and I'm really excited. All the reports talking about him out of camp have been exceptional. He's someone that's going to be challenging to play the whole season, maybe not just the four games like a lot of other freshmen, but he's someone that could play right away. So we'll see what he can bring. Excited to see it. All right, let's slide down into the interior then. Uh, we're again, tons of experience is coming back. Let's just list the guys that have played. Uh, Crockett Krolikowski, we'll get into him for in a second here. Caleb Sanders, Thomas Stacker, uh, Spencer Hildall. Uh, these are all guys that have played a lot of snaps and some of the depth guys that we probably won't get into, uh, but, but have bright potentials. Oh man, I'm forgetting Xavier Ward. How do I forget Xavier mm -hmm. Ward? Wow. Um, so Xavier Ward and, and the guys that, you know, have the, have an outside shot of playing quite a few snaps, uh, Ryan Van Marl, Trajan Woolhoff. Uh, those are guys that, uh, have a lot of potential and did really good things last year in their red shirt, uh, freshman campaigns. Um, and, and, and may have a chance to see the field this fall. But let's go back to the top. Let's talk about Crockett. He's kind of the elephant in the room right now. Uh, everyone, yeah, the Crockpot. <laughs> Everyone's asking, how's his, how's his leg? Um, and at this point, don't know for sure. Um, you know, he could be back. Uh, it's, it's kind of up in the air at this point. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we know that with Minnesota's huge offensive line that we'll talk about in a bit, it sure would be nice to have him, uh, but given the depth and his importance once we reach uh, Missouri Valley play, I hope he takes his time and makes sure that that knee is as close to 100% as it's going to be. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, we need to play the long, long-term game with him, especially given his uh, the reps that he's had, how valuable those are. And then, you know, you don't want to disrupt his future. He's a young buck. We want to we want to have him for a lot of the Missouri Valley play for years to come. And, you know, your greatest ability is your availability. So let's go ahead and make sure we take care of what we need to get him back on the field um, when he's good and ready. Um, we got enough, enough people, I think, that can contribute, get some sound reps in non-conference play, where essentially, you know, the games always matter, but uh, they're weighted a tad differently. So um, I'm excited to see what a lot of those guys do. And just looking at from a recruiting standpoint, the rich tradition, you know, with Van Marl coming from Sheldon. I played with a lot of guys from Sheldon. Uh, looking at Glenwood, Iowa with Sanders. And <clears throat> you got Crockpot from Winter, which I believe, you know, one of the greatest people in the world, Seth Daughters, one of my former teammates is from Winter. So I just like the grit and the culture out of, out of where we're recruiting these guys. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of hotbeds in there. Oh, so, yeah. you know, we'll start with Xavier Ward. He played as a true freshman. He's a junior now. Uh, did a has just done a really a lot of really nice things, of, especially what was being asked for of him. You know, to be a guy that ate blocks to free up the linebackers, like you talked about in the old scheme. 
uh, you know, when I'm talking to Coach Smith, Christian Smith this year, the defensive line coach, uh, he's someone he pointed, he pointed to Xavier Ward and said, he's one of the most underrated guys on this team that no one talks about, but he busts his butt. He works hard. Uh, and he's just a leader. So he was really expecting big things from Xavier this year. Uh, and he expects a big jump. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up, uh, coach Smith. Uh, personally, it's just nice to have, uh, coaches who have been there. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he was a four year uh, starter at DN and linebacker in their scheme at Toledo. I think that that, that only translates real well because he's had, he has had skin in the game himself. I think it starts with that mentality uh, from your group leader, which coach Smith is going to be obviously for, for the front seven or front four rather. And uh, you know, his mentality, his grit, um, it hopefully it rubs off on a lot of these young guys. Uh, so, so that's always exciting too. Just wanted to highlight that. Absolutely. Uh, Caleb Sanders is a kid that played last year as a true freshman and someone that I absolutely love. Uh, he's a former wrestler. He's a state champion heavyweight wrestler from Iowa. Last year, uh, he had 15 tackles. Seven and a half of those were tackles for loss. This kid has such a good get off the line of scrimmage, and he uses his body and his leverage so well um, to disrupt what the offense is trying to do. Uh, I, I really think he has a bright future uh, and someone that I'm just really looking forward to a big sophomore season, building off that a strong freshman campaign. Absolutely. You know, it'd be exciting just as a little bit of entertainment to see him and Matt Clark go at it with all their, their yeah. background, you know, on the mats. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I bet those are some uh, pretty good brawls during practice. In epic one-on-ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Next two guys I'm going to put together uh, just because we're, we're familiar with them. Uh, Spencer Hildall and Thomas Stacker are guys that have been in the program now for a while. Hildall's a senior Stacker, a junior. Uh, Hildall started as a sophomore for SDSU uh, next to Solik. And, uh, you know, they both do some things well. Um, Stacker in particular has, has really transformed his body in the last couple of years. And uh, he's gotten stronger. He's gotten faster. You know, there was a highlight tape uh, that the program just released at practice yesterday of Stacker blown by his man. Uh, I don't know who that was, uh, but Stacker made him look pretty silly. So uh, if we can get some really good reps out of Stacker and Hildall this year, uh, man, this position group sure is deep. I love it. Nice. Yeah, look forward to it. Definitely, especially, you know, Hildall did some nice things. And, you know, I think built from the, the tradition of Langer and Sulik, like you mentioned, guys like that, um, I'm really excited to see them take the next step with a little bit of a different tweak to the scheme. Uh, being able to bring, again, like I said, the game to the O-line as opposed to being the read, reading hats type yep. Uh, mantra. Yep. And the, the last player I just want to touch on quick, because I don't even know if he's going to be available this year, is Jared DePriest. And so Jared DePriest was the team's top recruit out of Illinois. He had offers basically from every Mac school, uh, half of the Ivies. So he's very smart, very talented. Unfortunately, shortly after signing day, uh, tore his knee playing basketball. So uh, his rehab and stuff is, is, uh, is, is going okay. Um, and he may be a player that comes in late at, late at the end of the year and uh, is able to use his four games then. Uh, but he's someone that we're going to want to keep an eye on going forward because he's an absolute stud. So I'm excited to see him, and I'm glad the Jacks – uh, got him, got him signed. He was a top player for me last year. 
Definitely. Hopefully he takes care of his treatment and things he needs to do just as diligently as he uh, would between the hashes. So yeah, uh, he can get back quickly. Absolutely. All right. The next position group is the linebackers. And this group is traditionally a strength for the Jackrabbits. For as long as I've been, you know, around the program, SDSU has had some incredible linebackers. Uh, and they're coached by former linebacker Jimmy Rogers. You were, you were teammates with Jimmy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I genuinely don't believe I've ever played with a more intense, more serious uh, teammate and, and just like person in general when it comes to going about his business. Uh, I love his mentality. He, you know, Jim always played with a chip on his shoulder. Um, if anyone ever told him he couldn't do something, he would quietly work to not only prove them wrong, but make them wish they never made the same mistake again um, by just spouting off with a kind of a, a trash opinion. So I, I just love that mentality. Um, he has a true pure love for the game, just like uh, I mentioned Mikey Daniels love for the game in the previous podcast. Um, so, you know, just like coach Smith, his mentality trickles down and it really shows Jimmy did a lot of things, not only to improve guys on a, at a local level at South Dakota state, but kind of changing the culture, doing some, some cool things. I know him and some of my former teammates, Derek Domino, Chris Tracy, um, they, they grew their hair out and then had guys like Ross Shafrath doing the same thing. And, you know, it just kind of galvanizes the group, especially when you're going through the thick of the season, you know, some baseball players, when, when October hits, they grow out the playoff beards, but it's kind of cool to see. Uh, it just brings a mentality and a character to the way they play the position that uh, I think, you know, raises the game of everybody around them. Yeah, absolutely. So with this group, there's, there's three players that are pretty much known commodities. Uh, Christian Roseboom, you know, four, a three-time All-American, likely will be four-time after this season. Uh, we can talk a little bit, take a deep dive in on him on a second. Um, Logan Bacchus and Seven Wilson at the outside linebacker positions are, are players that Jackrabbit fans should be used to. Uh, and then there's two uh, ascending players, I guess I'd call them, that maybe we're not as familiar with, but we need to be, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Levi Brown, outside linebacker, and Preston, Preston Tetzloff, who's a player that Jackrabbit fans know from special teams. Uh, but, man, the reviews have been good from him uh, or for him this fall uh, in camp. So those starting three, um, say a little bit about them, Kyle. Yeah, I mean uh... – I don't really think that there's much, much more to add to Rose Boom's uh, resume or, or record or, or legacy that he's going to leave at state because all, all you got to do is flip on the tape and just watch how he plays the game. Genuinely love how he plays the game. Uh, it's a lot like his, uh, his predecessor, Coach Rogers, there. Fast and furious to the ball. Going to make him feel you at the point of contact. Um, going to run sideline to sideline. He's the quarterback of the defense. Talked a little bit about playing that Mike position. So middle linebacker Mike is the nomenclature for it. Set the defense, make sure everybody's in place, adjusting as needed to shifts, motions, and, and trades and things of that nature, and just really being being a leader uh, amongst men there. Uh, I just love watching him play, man. There's really nothing more to say to that. Yeah, absolutely. As you know, far as – I'm sorry? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, you know, as far as uh, Logan Backus, he's probably my favorite young defensive player to watch. Um, I like his length, you know, I believe if memory serves me correctly, he was a quarterback in high school. Yep. Um, which, you know, a lot of times, 
you, you like having that because that you have that knowledge at the defensive position so you can kind of understand how the offense is trying to attack you and things of that nature. But his length, you know, at 6'4", um, being an upperclassman now or, or coming into his upperclassman years, he's, he's a great matchup on a tight end with that length because you can kind of give him fits in what we call 4-3 under where the, the Sam linebacker, the strong side linebacker, is walked up on the line. Allows you to do a lot of different things. Allows you to carry that tight end deeper into the secondary, which is just provides for much tighter coverage. It allows you to jam him more off the line of scrimmage with those long arms that he's got. And then one of the things that Coach Stig used to really harp on, probably the most aggressive thing that I ever heard Coach Stig say, is tear flesh when you tackle. You, know, <laughs> you want to get there and you want to wrap up, and Backus definitely does that. I mean, I would probably say I've watched enough film on him in, in Roseboom. Roseboom's an unbelievable tackler, runs the field well, but I think Backus gives him a run for his money in terms of what he does at the point of contact and really latching on and getting his guys down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I really like – what what logan does uh jimmy's always quick to point to how intelligent he is and i think that can be a, a good and a bad because sometimes we overthink and, and instead of just letting it rip uh but logan really just has that balance uh and he's really able to to identify what the offense is trying to do before they snap the ball and uh able to put himself in a position to make plays you know he he's he has his hands on a lot of passes he intercepted two last year uh, he's in just a lot of traffic lanes, you know, and with his frame being six four, uh, he really can be disruptive uh, to the to the passes there. So, yeah, excited to see him. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you already you already hit it seven seven Wilson rocking that number seven, so quite fitting there. He's only going to add a lot of reps, a lot of talent, fluid mover in space. Uh, you know, want to see uh, him and the rest of the linebacking core do what they can to try to turn the ball over a lot more, you know, whether it be run plays or, you know, when they're covering curl to flat or adhering to their responsibilities in the pass game because we got to do what we can to spare that younger secondary until they really emerge and show that they're playmakers or they're ready for their, you know, they're ready for their time in the, in the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. The two players that I just briefly touched on, Levi Brown and Preston Tetzloff, you know, Levi – I am so excited to see him get on the field uh, just for the last couple of years since he's been on campus. He's a player where the word freak keeps coming up. You know, he's six, four and he's two fifteen, one of the fastest guys on the team. And uh, again, he's going to play that outside linebacker position and really be disruptive in the passing game. So, uh, you know, when, especially the games uh, I'm already, I'm already thinking about uh, you and I what, matching up against Briley Moore, who's one of the top tight ends in FCS football. You know, I I can already just imagine Levi is going to be locked in on him, and uh, I I can't wait for that matchup. And that's a long ways away. (laughs) Absolutely, it's a long ways away, but, you know, you're always working up to to your matchups and and the things that uh, you're going to be able to do to assert your will um, when when the time comes. And, you know, size matters, but speed kills, and and we'll – highlight that and underscore it a bit more when we talk about the offensive line for the Gophers. But, you know, just as a whole, especially when you're talking about matchups, can you keep a linebacker on the field um, when, when it's more of a wide receiver heavy package or do you have to pull them, you know, being more versatile and being able to run like Levi and some of these other guys, um, it only uh, raises that ceiling. Like we talked about before, um, and, and gives the coaches a bit more trust rather than pulling the backer and, and maybe inserting a nickel 
player, uh, nickel meaning like five defensive backs essentially. Um, and, you know, that just – that only adds a lot more to the repertoire of what the defense is trying to do. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I and uh, want to wrap it up here with, I think, one of Jackrabbit Faithful's favorite players. You know, he's a hometown kid, uh, legacy player, Preston Tetzloff. Uh, yes, sir. I think the year he put hat on special teams last year yes. uh, was just amazing. You know, if it wasn't hit, Don Gardner making the tackle uh, – it was Preston. So just what an effort and uh, just heart. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. You can never hide effort, man. You, you absolutely cannot hide effort. It's going to show up in, in one way or another. And I, I think, you know, when, when you're in these grinder games, whether it's the Valley or, you know, maybe uh, some of our non-conference brings like a, an unbelievable a game that, you know, one of the phases is maybe lacking a little bit on, you can, you can definitely bet on someone lighting a spark through special teams to really take that momentum back. And, and Preston did that a lot this, this past year for the Jacks and just watching him run down with a controlled chaos and making the people on kickoff return or punt or whatever the case may be, feel him. That's uh, that's a tone setter. And I look for more of the same from him. Absolutely. All right. We're going to slide back to the safety position. And, uh, you know, we have two or we have one person, one guy that saw a lot of action last year in uh, Josh Manchagaya. I was safety out in Nebraska. He's a junior now, a former cornerback. Uh, he played really well last year in coverage next to Brandon Snyder. Uh, Brandon brought that physical presence. And I, I think Makai Slade brought that physical presence. But Manchagaya was so good in the pass, pass defense last year. Uh, excited to have him back in the secondary for a couple more years now. Yeah, you know, I really liked some of the things that he did. Uh, you you mentioned in the uh, in the past coverage game as as well as you know just helping add other elements there in the secondary that that again was a compliment, not a duplicate. And uh, I think when you look at having guys at every level, yes, it's important to have your mic be kind of the quarterback of the defense, but having kind of a quarterback of the defense per se at every level where you're getting guys set up, making sure they're getting the calls, making sure you're relaying the calls at the safety level. Cause a lot of times, once you get into upper level competition, like the collegiate level, you're going to play different coverages on different segments of the field based on what you're trying to do or based on if you're bringing heat. That's another thing. As we start to bring more heat and light up a lot of these offenses, which I'm super jacked that we're going to do, you got to echo these calls. Because if you blow your your responsibility or your 111th when you're bringing heat, that's going to leave big voids. And so having him back there is going to be clutch. Absolutely. And I, the player that's going to be next to him, that I think everyone's just excited to see is Michael Griffin II. Uh, he transferred from SMSU over in Marshall. Uh, I believe he's former teammates with uh, Tolu. And, you know, everyone last year, all fall, you saw this guy on the field flying around, and he couldn't play because he had to sit out for the transfer rules and use his redshirt season. Um, and just all over the place. And then you get into the Spring Strength and Conditioning Awards, and he's on the list every week. And then this summer, uh, all the coaches have just been raving about him every chance they get. So uh, I am so excited to see what Griff can do in the secondary. Um, you know, everyone was really excited last year getting Brandon Snyder for a year. Um, but we get Griff for two years. Uh, plus, he had the redshirt year here. So, man, I really think he can do big things in the program as a box safety, but also someone that can really move 
and get out in space and cover people when needed. Yeah, man. And you talk about that pipeline coming from Cottage Grove and Park. Um, you know, R.C. Kilgore was one of my all-time favorite people. You know, he has had a good legacy at State. And, yeah, absolutely. Every time I saw on the gram when they were announcing the spring lifting awards, Griffin was in the mix, it felt like. Um, and so, you know, when you're up in that ante in the weight room and then, you know, you do what you got to do in the classroom, you hope that carries over and so you can see the field uh, a lot, you know, this, this 2019 campaign. So look, look for big things to come out of him. Yep. Uh, in my conversations with Coach Bergstrom and Coach Jackson, uh, a player that they really wanted to make sure that we talked about and uh, just in the position previews was Jarek Berg. Uh, he's a guy that can play both safety positions uh, really versatile, uh, really a good head on his shoulders, and just gaining a, a really good understanding of what the, the offense is trying to do. Someone that I think the coaches trust completely in either position. Uh, so he can kind of be that swing safe, you know, if someone goes down to an injury or just needs a blow or whatever. So uh, I think uh, Jarek provides really good depth. Absolutely. And he's been in the program, you know, uh, since 2016. Uh, he's three-time MVFC honor roll academically, so you know he's got some between the ears. Um, and if coaches are are instructing us to talk about someone, you know they're not doing it just because they're trying to get all the the feels and stuff. They're they're actually seeing him put in the work, and I love that. Um, so I, I'd like to talk about more people like that. So if they go to work, bring their lunch pail. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll talk about all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two guys, two more guys that I think have the chance to contribute this year. Uh, and we'll, we'll see just how the season plays out, right? Um, but the first one I want to highlight is Tyler DeMartra uh, out of Illinois. He's a sophomore now. Uh, it, Tyler has always been just an athletic stud. Uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, Levi Brown being an athletic freak a little bit. Tyler DeMartra is in that same type of conversation. You know, if, if we're getting ready for the NFL draft, I'd love to see what his spark score is. Uh, just because, man, alive, this kid can run, and he is big, uh, long arms, long legs. And the coaches have really been uh, happy this year that he's starting to put it together uh, on the film side and in the classroom side of uh, understanding what the offense is doing. So we'll see how if that continues. And if he keeps earning that trust from the coaches, he's going to get more and more reps because he's too talented uh, to not see the field. No doubt. And then the last guy – uh, freshman Bailey Darnell out of Nebraska. Um, he's physically probably ready. Again, it's just catching up in the classroom and understanding that scheme piece. You know, he played in a, a fairly small division down in Nebraska, uh, but he's someone that had offers uh, from Wyoming, Missouri, or not Missouri, but Nebraska came in and offered him a preferred walk-on late in the process. Uh, but Bailey stayed committed to SDSU through all that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and just seems like a really, a really nice kid, nice family. Uh, so I'm excited that he's a Jack and, and didn't take that offer from Nebraska. That's for sure. Absolutely. That's a nod to Coach Jackson again, just really kind of installing the pipeline. I, I don't know if it was all him all by himself, but sure feels like it. And glad that we could land uh, Bailey. And I know it's hard when you're, a, when you're at home kid getting that, getting that bite from your in-home school like Nebraska, especially with their heritage. But I'm glad that he believed in the Jacks, and, and I think you're starting to see that kind of catch fire across that Midwestern region. Yeah, absolutely. So let's shift outside to the corners. And as we've alluded to the last two episodes, this is where, this is where the question marks are at, right? 
Uh, Jordan Brown, who's one of an all-time great Jackrabbit cornerback. Jordan Brown graduates in, in Bengals camp right now. He got drafted. Uh, Marshawn Harris uh, hurts his arm over the summer. Going to miss a majority of the season, it sounds like. Uh, Zy Mosley off the roster. Uh, Brandon Banks, who was the NC State transfer last year, uh, he's no longer on the roster. So uh, use a lot of ex- lose a lot of experience and a lot of reps between uh, Zai, Marshawn, and JB, Jordan, Brown. Uh, they played a lot of football for the Jacks. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting at these cornerback positions, but I believe the talent is there. Uh, it's just a matter of getting those reps now and getting the in-game experience. So could be, it's a baptism by fire, whatever the saying is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's sure to happen. You know, the statistically, someone's going to drop their assignment or their responsibilities. They may get burned. You know, I hope we can keep that to a minimum. But it's not really if that's going to happen, it's when. And then how do you respond when it does? You know, I, I we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on some of the history that we've had out there at corner as well, you know, from Tyler Cook to – you know, Adam Fritz stepping in and filling a void and doing a nice job there when, when he had his, his opportunities to Cole Brody, who was literally voted an all-time great and is a fellow Georgia mm-hmm. boy like I was. Mm. Um, you know, and then you have uh, Jerian Butler, who stepped up and did big things. You already talked about Jordan Brown, who was a legacy lever. You know, I think we're going to be just fine. Just we got to do some things schematically to to kind of hide them until we know what they are. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's just just wise from a from from a coaching standpoint, and, and I think you know they may shock us. You know, I hope I hope they have a chip on their shoulder, just like they should, um, to prove prove the uh, fan base that you know we don't need to be worried about them anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with the guy that does have the most experience, Don Gardner. We talked about him a little bit earlier as that special teams demon uh, from last year. And he's going to be looked to this year to to be a lockdown type of guy on the outside there. Uh, big frame, 6'1", 185. You know, he's physical. He showed that on special teams. He moves well enough. Uh, I'm excited to see what Don can do in an expanded role this year. Yeah, he's certainly going to get his opportunities. Um, it's going to come under the bright lights over at TCF Bank, but I'm excited to see him step up. Yep. And he, I talked about him a little bit last week, talking, talking about you know winning tradition. He graduated from that Wendell Phillips High School, um, same high school as Jabore. So uh, you know he's won, he's won a championship in high school. Uh, I think he has that type of leadership and potential to lead us to something like that um, as that outside corner. Uh, a, a player that coaches sure were high on last year, played in the four-game rule, uh, Tajay Davis. He's a redshirt freshman uh, from Boys Town High School in Nebraska, originally from Maryland. Kind of a neat story. Um, got out of Maryland, got out of Baltimore. Um, so went out to Boys Town in Nebraska. Uh, really starred out there. Again, we keep talking about him. Uh, um, but Chiefers, uh, keep, we keep talking about him. But he, Tajay moves well. He's big, fast. Uh, and last year, I know it was always very tempting, I think, for Coach Jackson to want to pull the trigger, take the red shirt, uh, but he kept it on him, and uh, we get to enjoy that his talent now for the next four years. Absolutely. Look forward to see what he does to contribute. Yeah. Uh, next two guys uh, to talk about here, um, 
Malik Lofton. He's going to be your nickelback, it looks like. Uh, you know, big get from that class in 2017. Uh, had Wyoming offers, had NDSU offers, UND, uh, all the big time, you and I probably. Uh, and he played a little bit last year. Uh, Coach Jackson credits him with being someone who's really worked hard conditioning-wise, uh, weight room-wise. He loves football. Um, and I think Dan said uh, he could actually see Malik as a coach someday. Uh, just that uh, how well he's done taking these younger guys under his wing, uh, helping them grow in the defense, and really understanding their assignments. So uh, that's something you look for from a nickelback too, a guy that has to know everything that's going on around him. So, Absolutely. That's lofty praise just from a, a grasp of football and being able to see things in other people that they don't necessarily see them in themselves and being able to up the ante. So I, I like that. That's, uh, that's good praise. Yeah. Uh, the fourth guy, Marshawn Harris. Again, he's going to miss a, a fair amount of time this year. Uh, he luckily, you know, played as a true freshman, so he still has that red shirt. So he could be a guy that comes back for that playoff push uh, or the playoffs themselves and plays in four games and really helps out our secondary. So that could be nice. Absolutely. It's only a, a big plus to kind of see some experience emerge later in the season, fresh legs, as we like to call it. And, you know, when and if he does return, it's just be an added bonus. Yeah. And then, you know, we've been talking about freshmen at every level here. Uh, cornerback is no exception. One of the names that's been blowing up in camp is Diamond Evans. Uh, Nazareth Academy in Chicago uh, led his team to a state championship last year, played all over the field, kick, punt return, uh, wide receiver, cornerback. And uh, he's Diamond Evans, it sounds like, is just kind of a man amongst boys. You know, he's 195 already as an incoming freshman, uh, one of the fastest kids on the team. Uh, just man, just the coaches are so high on him. Um, and we'll see again, you know, getting his first potential playing time on TCF bank stadium on Thursday night. Uh, man, what a cool experience for an 18, 19 year old kid. Yeah. I love it. And I love what we've been able to do in Chicago. You know, it's kind of a hot, hot bed for recruiting. Got a wealth of riches down there. Got good speed. People who are familiar with the elements that they're going to see in, in South Dakota, you know, coming in at five ten, one ninety five having a name like Diamond Evans got some built-in motivation uh, just from the <laughs> jump. So I'm excited to see what he does and uh, he's going to have some pressure. So no pressure, no diamonds. Yeah. Sorry. I went uh, I, I had to. I had to. Oh man. I wonder how many times that joke's going to be made. I mean, probably years. to death. It's probably been mouthed to death. So I apologize <laughs> to our, uh, to our listeners collectively, not individually. Oh man. Oh, great. Well, that's the defense. Um, I'm excited for this group. I really think we're going to have a strong defense this year and uh, let's go. I just want to see some football, man. Oh, I know I got, I got goosebumps. Uh, Thursday can't get here fast enough. Yeah. And so speaking of Thursday, great segue. You're going to be there, right? I'm going to be there. Yes, I'll be there. Uh, Hopefully I can retain my voice so I can do my job when I return to Texas. But um, I got family that's already razzing me, telling me, that uh, they don't know, like they don't think we're going to be able to get a yard against them. You know, just just giving me some friendly, uh, friendly love there with all their their critique. Yeah, so I'm going to be there too. I I can't wait. Uh, you know, to see the Gophers and Jacks square off. Um, you know, I think Minnesota's improved. I don't think there's any way we can deny that. Uh, they finished last year with a lot of momentum. Uh, their defense really improved. Their offense, you know, stabilized a little bit. They're still not super dynamic, 
uh, but they do they do enough well uh, that they're going to win their share of games this year. Um, and you know it starts at quarterback. Uh, I thought last year they they played two youngsters. They played Zach Anikstead at the start of the season. Tanner Morgan started the last half of the season. There was supposed to be this big quarterback competition this fall, um, but within the first week of uh, practice, Zach Anikstead hurt his foot. It's now Tanner Morgan's uh, ship to steer. You know, again, a nice quarterback, uh, 1,400 yards, nine TDs, six interceptions. I think it was, he played in eight games last year. Uh, he's not very mobile, uh, but he does enough well. They don't ask him to do a ton, but he, does, he, he manages the game and he does it okay. Absolutely. I think he's a prototypical game manager. I'd like to see, uh, you know, what he's going to do as we light him up because I think we're going we're gonna to bring some good heat, maybe do some things to – kind of confuse him with coverages to kind of guard against, like I said, some of that inexperience that we're going to have in the, at least on the corners, um, you know, talking to my family who, who all lives up there in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area, they were excited to see the competition between Annex dad and, and Morgan kind of see what emerged from that because competition only breeds greater success. Um, but, you know, unfortunately Annex dad with that, that foot injury um, kind of had to bow out quickly. You know, one of the spots that I think is going to be key, though, uh, key spots to look at is the re- all the depth returning at running back. It's kind of yeah. like a battle of, of the stable of running backs, so to speak, from for the Jacks and, and the, the Gophers. So with, uh, yeah. with that said, you know, it should be exciting. Hopefully, you know, nobody wants to see guys go down, but hopefully, you know, Shannon Brooks and Rodney Smith bounce back and can kind of return to form because, you know, always as a, as a prideful athlete, but their best, not when they're, uh, when they're limited. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Smith is going to be ready for this week. Um, I, the, all the reports that I've kind of seen, he has been practicing. So I think Rodney Smith will be back. Uh, Shannon Brooks, it sounds like might not be back until big 10 season. Right, right. Yeah, you know, Rodney should be back. They were they're impressed with his turnaround. I think they're they are a little bit more tentative on Brooks, just by all accounts. Um, definitely don't want to lose him in non conference. And I I think he's been granted the six year. I, I can't quite yeah. remember. I he has. He's on their roster. So yep. 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 Um, and then um, you know, <laughs> it, it really doesn't necessarily quite matter too much running behind their massive offensive line. I think that's that's going to be the real big uh, key key matchup there with with the front four of the Jacks, front seven essentially with with their front four. Yes, absolutely. You know, everyone's been talking about the uh, Daniel uh, Falale, Lale? I can't say his last name, but six yep. nine four hundred. You know, caught a touchdown in their spring their spring game. Uh, you know, he's a huge man. You watch the bowl game from last year. He doesn't he doesn't move great, uh, but he's still six nine four hundred pounds. So <laughs> yeah, if he exactly. Gets, if he gets you know, you just hope you don't get swallowed by him like a black hole. He does move <laughs> yeah. pretty well. My uncle wanted yep. me to, to mention he does have a thirty inch vertical. Well, I mean, I guess the jury's still out on that. I'll, I believe that when I see it. But you know, I don't want to short the guy. I think that he is a massive human being. Did some nice things, but you know, those are guys you want to beat with double moves. Don't don't let them lay on you. Um, yep. If you can, if you can beat them to the edge, it, a lot of times what they do now, like in terms of technique, is they'll kind of rip you down to the ground. So I, I want to see us kind of avoid that. Um, maybe get in our bag of tricks and have have those double moves dialed in and ready to go. Um, again, heating them up. You got a you got a quarterback who who is a game manager. You want to put 
put so much pressure on him, bring the fight to him that he doesn't know which way is up. So hopefully we can get some of those things done. Yeah. Uh, a player that I'm looking for, forward to watching for the Gophers is Tyler Johnson. Uh, you know, he's someone that's considered a top NF or a top draft pick. You know, he's a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, you know, does a lot of things well. He's 6'2", 205, uh, good hands. And he had a nice season last year, uh, 12 touchdowns, almost 1,200 yards. You know, not the fastest guy in the world, but fast enough. And so he's someone that I'm looking forward to seeing for, for the Gophers. Um, I, think, I think it'll be a nice matchup against the secondary. We just have to make sure we're not completely selling out to stop the run. Guys are staying home because then I can see the Gophers, if we do start cheating on the run a little bit, uh, going over top, uh, trying to connect on some play action. Absolutely. I mean, that's the name of the game. Uh, them and Iowa are quite similar, especially with flex philosophy. He definitely wants to run the ball, assert his will, control the game. Um, you know, it just, I can't even remember the last court, probably Adam Weber, the last quarterback for Minnesota that could really push, uh, push the ball down the field, stretch the team vertically um, or stress the defense vertically, I should say. And, you know, a guy that's going to really probably be someone we want to earmark and keep an eye on is Rashad Bateman. He made a yep. lot of big catches, it seemed like, last year in big-time moments. Um, you know, he coming out of Georgia, he, he, he knows football. It's a religion down there out of Tipton County. or Yeah, Tip County, rather, out of Tipton, Georgia. And uh, we'll see what he does uh, with some of the youth that we got on the edge. Oh. Uh, the last player on offense I'd, I want to point out, maybe you have some more for me, Kyle, but uh, Seth Green. Uh, Green's a former quarterback, uh, now plays tight ends, you know, uh, Small tight end, big wide receiver, um, but he runs the Wildcat. Uh, last year, he had 76 attempts out of that for eight touchdowns. And so uh, that's, a, that's a weapon. That's a formation we might see. Uh, so we'll have to be ready for it, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's definitely something that they've got in their bag. I think that I'm, I'm not so sure that they're going to they're gonna throw that out on the field early. And they you know, a lot of times early in the season, people are still working through their base stuff. They, they only want to show you um, enough to get the W, especially at the FBS level. Um, mm. But I'm not sure. With that being said, you know, you're going to have to do what you have to do to get, get the W and get into the end zone. And, and why not have a weapon like that on the field at 6'4 six, six, or so, 6'5, you know, yeah. yep. 220 plus, you know, so it's, Definitely. I remember us doing that with Cam Jones back in the day, the tight end. And, and it's, it's effective for sure. You insert that additional blocker with the running back and it just adds another element for the defense to have to scheme for and, and uh, prepare for. Absolutely. Well, let's flip sides then uh, to the defense. And we have to start with Carter Coughlin. Uh, he, he's a great player. Uh, there's no, no real way around it. Uh, he plays defensive end, linebacker, you know, outside linebacker, they move him all over. Last year, 48 tackles, nine and a half sacks, 15 tackles for loss, four, four, four forced fumbles. Uh, he's a home state kid there in, in Minneapolis or Minnesota. And uh, just someone that uh, I think Fleck has tried to build around uh, just because Coughlin really held that class together when they transitioned in the new coaching staff. Uh, and just a really a good player. Watching him, his film is really fun, actually. So... Yeah, absolutely. His film is great. Uh, his uh, intensity at the point of contact is awesome as well. Um, you know, 48 tackles, 34 solo, led the team, nine and a half sacks. He's just – he's a stat, statistician's dream because he's just going to fill it up. But um, 
you know, hopefully uh, some of the things that we're able to do running the ball is, is going to gas him. And, and I don't know, I think he's going to, he's going to get his in terms of stats, but hopefully we just get hats on him. Uh, Luke, yeah. Luke, right. Luke Sellers leading up on him, maybe making him feel him a couple of times here and there. I have every bit of confidence in Luke as I do um, what Carter's able to do. So it should be a nice little show down there. Yep. So that, that brings up a good point. Uh, the Gophers weren't great last year uh, on rushing defense, on run defense. Uh, their interior is completely overhauled. Mm, yeah. And they did get a grad transfer. I, I think he's a grad transfer. Um, Micah Du Treadway from Notre Dame. Yep, and he, did. didn't, he, didn't pl- he didn't play much at Notre Dame, but he's a huge guy. Uh, I think he's 6'4", 315 pounds. So, you know, as a, as a nose guard, man, that's, that's all you want. So just someone huge right in that middle there. So we'll see if he's the answer for the, for the Gophers defensive tackle um, position. We'll see. Absolutely. A big body like that really, you know, inhibits offensive linemen from being able to get up to second level. And, you know, that's kind of, that, that's kind of why we built our philosophy in past years from a jackrabbit defensive standpoint. Um, to prevent hats from getting up to second level defenders and reading those hats. But with that said, you know, I, I like Matt, um, Matt uh, being his wrestling background uh, for that be, being on the interior. You know, we talked about Eddie having a good wrestling background, being able to move bodies, mm-hmm. Egan Lickis being really intelligent. You know, I really like our intellect, our reps um, in contrast with the Gophers front four um, mm-hmm. because they're green. You know, I don't, I don't care if you, you know, if, if you're at Notre Dame, that, that's all well and good, but you still got to be able to strap it up against anyone. And, and uh, I like our odds there. So we'll see, you know, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see if Carter can free, free flow behind them. Uh, hopefully we can play on, on their side of the line of scrimmage. That's really all I, I care about um, pre- mm-hmm. preventing that penetration and, and things of that nature. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the linebacker position for the Gophers, they, they graduate Blake Cashman, but they return the two outside starters, uh, Thomas Barber and Kamal Martin. Uh, good players, uh, you know, solid. They've played a lot, and so we'll see. Uh, whoever's the new middle linebacker, I think Thomas Rush is kind of slated to be that guy, but we'll see um, in that group. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, first game of the year, uh, feeling out some position battles, seeing who's going to kind of emerge you know, setting your two deep, things like that. So there's still some, there's still some gray area. So it'll, it'll be nice to see everything emerge and uh, see who's going to win their head to head. Yep. And, you know, absolutely. There's so much to get shaken out or shook out here. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be a chess match. That's for sure. Uh, the secondary for the Gophers, talented, experienced, uh, Tony Dury, uh, Terrell Smith and Chris Williamson played a lot of snaps last year as the cornerback trio. They're all back this year at safety. Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, started off really hot last year. I think a foot injury, a foot or a knee took him out. Uh, Jordan Howden stepped in and played the rest of the season. They're slated to be the two starting safeties. Uh, so again, a lot of ex- game experience there. Uh, Winfield's pretty electric with the ball in his hand. So hopefully at that safety position, he never touches it. And uh, we'll see if they let him return punts this year. Yeah, you know, Winfield's a guy from the Woodlands down here in Texas. That's from the Houston area. So they breed speed down there. Speed's the name of the game. Um, so hopefully, like you said, we don't give him many opportunities with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, 
talking about some of the guys also, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring him up. Keandre Thomas from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, one of my buddies that I grew up with trains him uh, out of U train. So shout out to Yusuf for developing the enemy, but you know, you do what you got to <laughs> do to make ends meet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, there's a, I, I like what we've got. Cade's going to really stress them vertically. So um, that'll be great to see. Uh, obviously, we talked about Adam Anderson in the things that he's been able to do. So we'll see how crisp and clean his routes are going to be. Some of the route combinations that, that we utilize to stress them uh, in the secondary. And then, of course, with our tight ends being what they are, um, going to see how uh, Carter can run in space and, and some of these other guys like Barber and, and, and things of that nature. So it'll be exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a prediction, Kyle, for the game? I predict that the team with more points is going to win. <laughs> you know, there we go. You know, and you know, I, I really hate being a former player. I, I hate predictions. Um, sure. I understand the nature of having to do them, but my uh, stubborn, prideful nature, I, I feel the Jacks should run the table. Um, and hopefully that every single one of the athletes and players on the squad goes in with that mentality. That being said, you do have to have a practical, um, practical framework that you operate within. Otherwise you're delusional. So if you listen to uh, Ben and Brendan, um, I was somewhat irritated, but I understand the nine and three prediction just as uh, making that overall. But as far as this game goes, I think you're going to see a lot of Vinatieri on the field. I, I sure. I hope we can convert. I think he's going to have a day. Uh, I would I would expect to see three or four field goals from him at least. Um, I would really like to see Pierre get loose, and you never know, a couple cuts here and there. But I'm thinking somewhere in the ballpark of maybe 28, 19 could go either way with that score, Gophers or Jacks. Um, but you know, that's I kind of like I like the Jacks overall. Let's let's hope they. 24-21 jacks, I'll call it that. Hey, that was what I was going to say. Are you kidding I me? I like your style. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just wrote down, 24-21. Um, you know, I could see it even lower scoring than that, really. Absolutely. Uh, yep. I, it, I, I really think this is going to be uh, a really kind of a mauler type of game. Um, you know, at the, I just don't see a lot of points getting put on the board. I think the jacks defense is going to be really good. I think the defense is the strength of the Gopher team this year. Both teams run the ball. Uh, we talked last week about the offense, and I think Coach X is just going to want to pound it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited for Thursday night and to be up in the cities for the game. Yes, sir. Uh, j- just can't wait. Me too. And, you know, having such a pipeline, you know, through the university, not only athletically, uh, but, uh, you know, academically, dipping into Minnesota to get a lot of our enrollees and student student body there's going to be a good showing there I played at the bank back in 09 it's a it's a cool place to play but it's it's in terms of atmosphere there's there's atmospheres in the valley that uh rival all at the FBS level just maybe not in terms of numbers but in terms of atmosphere um so I think the guys will be ready they'll be good to go and they, I don't think they'll have, you know, wide eyes or anything like that. So that's, that's always nice to consider when you're dealing with young men. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'd be something to look for. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, Kyle, for this conversation. Maybe I'll see you on Thursday. Absolutely. Plan on it. All right. Go Jacks. Yes, sir.
Hey, this is Matt again. Just wanted to say thank you for everyone that helped make our first episode so successful. Uh, tons of listens, tons of feedback, comments, uh, you know, questions on the, on the tweets, uh, DMs. Just thank you. Uh, it makes this project worth it. Uh, I'm glad to see there's so much passion for Jackrabbit football. And I think this is something that I always thought as a fan I always said someone should do this, and so I decided to just do it. Instead of wishing it would happen, I decided to just do it. And uh, thank you so much for the feedback and uh, the compliments. You know, I'm just so happy to be able to do this with you all. Um, And I guess, uh, you know, the big thing I'd ask of you all is if you do like this, please give it five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a comment. Please share it with others so that others can hear. Um, we really appreciate it. And also, you know, Ben and Brendan, they call themselves the B-Squad. Uh, thank you to them. Thank you to Kyle for, for helping make these first few episodes uh, just a blast. I think we're all having fun doing this. All, we hope you're having fun listening. And hopefully you can, you know, go to the game with a little more uh, idea of what to watch for, who to watch for uh, because of these episodes. You know, if there's something you'd like us to talk about, please send a DM on Twitter. um, Or if you have a question, we'll take a look at it and see what we can do. So with that, thank you so much. Again, please subscribe, like, share, uh, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Go Jacks. And maybe we'll see you on Thursday at the game.